You're listening to the IPassMyBarExam.com podcast, helping you pass your bar exam with ease and confidence. Episode number 16. Hello and welcome future bar exam passers. My name is Dustin Saidi, author of The 7 Steps to Bar Exam Success. And today we're going to bring someone on the call today who went through a lot of mistakes as he was preparing for the bar exam. And he's going to tell you what those mistakes were and how you can avoid them. So um, this individual actually took the bar exam 10 times, finally passed on his 11th. He's a well-known legend in the bar exam space, and he goes by the Grand Pooba. So without further ado, let's hear what the Grand Pooba has to say about the bar exam. All right, hello and welcome to the call. We are here with Brian Johnston, a.k.a. the Grand Pooba that you may know from Bar Exam Prep, who has been kind enough to come on to the call today. And today, Brian is going to share the five things that took him from becoming from being a repeater into becoming a Bar Exam passer. He took, took the Bar Exam uh, 10 times, didn't pass, but the 11th time is the charm. He was able to pass, and he's going to come share with us today kind of what happened in that 11th time to make him a pa- uh, passer. So how are you doing, Brian? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for coming on the call today. Sure, Dustin, no problem. Um, so if you want to just give a little bit of background about you and kind of your experiences with the bar exam in general um, so people get to know who you are. Well, well most, of, uh, most of who I am is already up on the blog. I think I've uh, I shared most of the publicly available information, but um, – but yeah, I'm uh, 55 years old, and I, uh, I uh, went to law school at 45, and um, uh, graduated on time. And then um, it took me, you know, a few years, five years, I guess, to uh, to pass the bar. But uh, prior to going to law school, I uh, worked in information technology as a programmer and uh, did technical support for uh, a large memory company in uh, Orange County, and uh, migrated to web design and uh, the old. The old acronym of Webmaster for what I did, I maintained their website. And then uh, as my skills became stagnant, I decided I had to uh, move on to something more lucrative for my future and something I could do until I was old and gray, even though I was already old and partially gray. And um, so I uh, cashed in my 401k and paid off my bills and, uh, and went to law school and uh, with, a, with the hopes of being able to um, now work until my, my feeble years, um, until I could you know, barely get to court and uh, and uh, represent people, or you know, do whatever I wanted to do. Uh, so, uh, it gives me much more flexibility. Uh, that was my thinking, and uh, and ensures it would ensure me the the type of uh, um, you know, uh, maintaining a, a consistent stream of income um, throughout my uh, my my life, and instead of having to rely on the on the fickle um, IT business industry to uh, to keep that up. Wow. Well, I admire you for having the courage to take the leap, um, you know, at at that point in your life, and then also the discipline and the uh, persistence to keep to keep fighting through it until you until you broke through. So definitely admire the persistence. Yeah, I had um, after uh, after two or three years of trying, I uh, you know I had I had uh, many people had suggested that I quit or go do something else or or you know I mean if you're familiar with the blog, you're familiar with the the, the naysayers on there and. Um, a lot of them suggested I go off and do something else, but at that point I had so much time and money invested in it. It was really not a realistic option to, uh, to quit. Um, so I was almost forced into, into, uh, into continuing and I'm, I'm really glad I did because it, 
you know, I'm, I'm extremely satisfied now. Um, um, you know, things couldn't be better. Well, they will get better, but uh, right now it's uh, having, having accomplished this is a, is a, is a hugely satisfying uh, achievement. That's great. How, how was it dealing with that, with kind of going through the process of not passing and or having people telling you maybe you should give up or quit? How, how is that emotionally? How did you deal with that? Well, it's, it's uh, pretty much as you would expect. It's, uh, it's a constant torment. I mean, you, uh, when, when you talk amongst people and you know, lay people who haven't gone to law school, they don't really understand. Uh, they don't know uh, what law school is like, and they don't know what the bar exam is like, and they don't know any of the uh, associated pressures and, and uh, things that go along with that. <clears throat> and um, so they, you know, I can kind of write that off because they just, they just didn't know. But amongst my peers, um, it was it was tough because um, there's a lot of people out there who went to law school and and haven't yet passed the bar, and there's kind of a threshold um, where. Um, you're you're considered you know reasonably successful for I guess or smart or something for having gotten to law school and graduated, but until you've actually passed the bar, um, you're uh, you're kind of like a second class citizen. Um, people it's like yeah great you went to law school, uh, but um, and and the and the change in people's perception and the way they treat you and talk to you and uh, and everything else after having passed the bar is is uh, um, is, is it's uh, it's tremendous, and uh, so the whole time I was just you know dealing with the you know the stigma of uh, having gone to law school and graduated but not having passed the bar exam, and I know most of my friends said it didn't bother them, and, and they still you know I was still their friend, but um, personally it was tough to include myself uh, amongst amongst them um, simply because I hadn't passed yet, and it was. Uh, it was it was an achievement that I that I struggled with in a, in, a, in, a, in a stigma, if you will, kind of a scarlet letter uh, that I attached to myself and I wore every day, and um, and I, I think I hit it pretty well. The disappointment uh, of not uh, not having passed, but uh, but man, it was tough. It was tough every single day. And then plus, <laughs> having started my blog and and having my face up there, um, going to the bar exam every time, people would recognize me and. And uh, some people would talk to me, and some people would just point and kind of talk to their buddies. And so it was, uh, it was a little. There was a little more pressure um, because of that as well. But uh, uh, but it was tough. But you just had to, you know, slog on. You know, just, just forget about it and put your head down and keep working and know that someday you're gonna you get through it. And uh, that was the attitude that I had. You know, I knew I was smart enough. I knew I knew enough law, and I knew I had to keep going. And uh, and so I did. And uh, awesome. So let's talk about then. What are five things that really you feel that you did differently that time that you passed that took you from repeater to bar exam passer? What are kind of the top five tips that you give? Well, the, the first thing, as I mentioned on the blog, was that I um, I gave up on the uh, on my uh, manic adherence to the strict IRAC method. Um, being a programmer and all, I um, the, the level of attention to detail that you have to employ in that in that business to be successful is 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 immense. I mean, you have to you have to cover all the options, all the bases. You have to code for all the different possibilities of all the different variables and the way people will input it and the way the data comes in, that kind of thing. So, when I look at a question, I would do the same thing. It's like, okay, I have to consider all the facts from all the different angles, and I have to try and code for them, if you will. I have to try and write them into my solution. And um, and I discovered that 
after a while that I wasn't able to get nearly enough analysis on the paper because I was so busy trying to include every fact in every possible way it could fit. Um, and I just wasted a lot of time with a lot of extra words I didn't need. Um, so I, I gave up on the strict IRAC and I decided to uh, uh, just kind of wing it, if you will, because I looked at some of the, the model answers closely finally because I'd kind of, I had kind of been avoiding them. Um, I was just, you know, pissed off at myself. It's like, yeah, my answer should have been good enough. I'm not going to look at somebody else's answer, but I, I finally forced myself to, and I noticed that um, while they they had the issues and, and, and the rules and they had the elements there, um, once they got to the analysis part, they kind of um, they kind of free-flowed a little bit. They showed a level of comfort with the subject that um, that that showed the greater that they knew the material and I think the ability to to write in that in that casual way while still um, while still addressing all the facts and uh, relating them to the rules but uh, but not in, in such a strict way shows that you're um, shows that I was you know comfortable with the material and I can write about it confidently and competently and in a lawyer-like way like they say you should um, so that that's what I that was my uh, a big change, and uh, and that you know, that was partially due to the fact that I was I kind of you know threw in the towel and said screw it I'm pissed off at myself and everything else I'm just going to write what I think instead of what I think they want to see. Very interesting. So something that changed the game for you then was looking at those sample model answers and seeing kind of how 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 are they wording it and then that helped you cater your writing style in that manner yeah and i also looked at you know some of the past answers that hadn't um hadn't scored so well uh there's a website or two out there that that have uh, collections of past answers and um looked at the way they wrote looked at the way the passing answers wrote and uh, noticed the same difference so in the back of my mind i was thinking you know that's that's probably something I should aspire to, and uh, I just hadn't done it, hadn't been able to do it, hadn't been able to break free of my of my uh, my background uh, enough to uh, to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I hope all the listeners on the podcast go and look at some sample answers to see exactly what is what is it that looks good, what is it that's passing, so that they know what what to write. I know that helped me with my bar exam a lot when I actually saw an actual sixty five passing answer that I saw kind of exactly what it is that people are looking for, what's really needed in order to pass that really changed the game for me as well. Right. And, and, and right after they, you know, they should pay attention to right after the issue and the, and the rule is stated, um, these, I mean, the bar obviously puts two different styles of answers out there, but, um, one thing I noticed was, you know, they don't, you know, they don't, they don't write. And on the front of the essay packet, they say, don't just write the law, um, show that you understand what you're talking about. And you'll see that these people kind of go on a riff. They just uh, they just start writing about the facts and the and the rules, and and they become more casual. And that's what I noticed, and uh, and and I hadn't paid attention before. So, okay, awesome. Uh, what's the second thing that you did? Um, well, I um, I started this actually in February for the February exam of 2012. I started studying my MBE subjects first, and I and I went through. Um, uh, all those uh, made sure I was comfortable with them, and I remembered all the rules, because you know the MBEs are obviously 35% of your grade, and they're also you know, roughly half or, or better of the essays. So I thought that if I knew the MBE subjects for, forward and backward, I would be I would cover most of the material. So I, I made a, a conscious effort to uh, 
to get those down um, first before I moved on to uh, the other subjects. And um, I, I think that helped because, you know, three of the essays or so are, are MBE subjects and um, they're going to be crossed over on one or two others. Um, so it, 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 I felt like I did myself a favor by doing that because the, uh, the information was really, uh, really ingrained in my brain. Of course, it all was by that point. I'd taken the darn thing ten times, and um, I felt like I knew the rules pretty well, but, but I still wanted to reinforce those. Right. Well, Brian, you should have read my blog in 2011. That's the exact advice I give is to study the MBE topics first. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Obviously, Brian's not reading my blog, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, um, well, yeah, and I agree because MBE, if you study the MBE topics first, um, let's say you spend three days per topic, you know, at least getting that first overview, you'll hit all the MBE topics and about half your essays within the first three weeks. So, the first three weeks, you're almost, quote-unquote, I don't want to say halfway done or whatever because, again, you'll review them over and over. But you'll have seen about half the material in the first three weeks, which is fantastic. So, so I agree completely with that advice. Uh, what's your third, third thing that you did? Um, let's see. I decided, to, um, I decided to forego studying. Well, not, not forego, but um, I decided not to focus or not to study my strong subjects, the subjects I consider my strong ones. Um, so much um, and focus on the ones that I felt like I could improve on. And for me, that was uh, what CIPRO and ConLaw and Real Property and uh, one or two others um, with the thought that I, I, w I wasn't going to improve a lot on my strong subjects. I mean, I knew them pretty well and I always scored reasonably well on them, of course, within the realm of the scores that I got, which were not all that impressive. But I felt like I, there was little room for improvement there. But the subjects I was kind of average in, or I felt, you know, middle and comfortable, um, I wanted to get comfortable with those. So I studied those a lot, and uh, I pretty much gave up on the ones I was weak on. I figured, you know, heck with it. I've been studying these things for five years, and I've never, you know, improved those. So I'm just going to, you know, wing it on the bar exam when I get there. So I studied primarily the, the subjects that I that I felt like I could improve on and um, and just, you know, consigned to the dustbin, if you will, the subjects that I knew I was going to do poorly on and uh, hope that I could bring my uh, my other scores up sufficient to uh, to cover for those. Okay. And uh, so did, when you took the bar, did you find a lot of those topics? Like what kind of topics did you get? Did you find the ones that you were strong at or the ones that you really didn't know? Right. Well, you know, I've always complained about CIPRO. I always said that I really didn't like CIPRO and that one of my least favorite subjects, and it probably still is. But um, um, but I but I worked hard on that, and then in this last exam we had a, uh, a a situation where there was a Canadian corporation doing business in one state only, and and um, these people got injured in a car accident, and there was uh, you know subject matter jurisdiction and personal jurisdiction, and um, and I knew the rules for alien corporations, and um, and I felt when I saw that. And I started writing, and the rules just bubbled up from my brain from what I had just, you know, studied over the last few weeks. I was, I was actually happy. I was, I was, I was smiling at myself on that, on that exam, and, and I, and I was, I was thinking that, wow, this is a CIPRO exam, and I'm liking it, and I'm actually thinking I'm doing well. This is bizarre. Um, so it really worked. It really worked pretty well for me. Mm, okay, cool. And all right, what's your fourth thing that you did? Um, oh, I outlined completely. On my laptop before I started writing, I um, in the past I had, you know, you know, everybody always says outline on your laptop or somewhere, but complete your outline and then fill in your 
fill in you know the essay from there. But in the past, I had um, I started my outline, and then I had um, written the rules, um, and then kind of filled in a couple of facts so I wouldn't forget. And then pretty soon, you know, 20, 25 minutes later, I found that I was still filling in some facts, and I actually found myself writing a little bit of analysis. And um, and then you know, almost halfway through the essay, I really didn't have anything um, concrete on the on the on the paper, if you will. So this time I. Uh, I forced myself to complete my outline on my laptop um, and then go back through and check it. And one thing that did was, especially on that uh, uh, law one we had where the guy uh, had, had uh, killed that lady in the, or um, it was evidence where the, yeah, it was evidence. And, um, and they were bringing in the marital confidentiality privilege and the marital communication privilege. And the first time through, I had put both those, um, in the in the first call, and then having gone through my uh, outline again before I started writing, I realized that the uh, um, the confidentiality privilege was in the second call, um, and the, the the testimonial privilege was in the first call, and uh, so that enabled me to straighten up my uh, my outline before I started writing. So I didn't find myself halfway through struggling to figure out what I had to rearrange and where I had to put something, and 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 subsequently lose my train of thought. Um, that helped a lot, and on that one, and on the um, the one, the criminal law one, where the guy had the gun, and um, um, that one as well, uh, it helped a lot. The criminal procedure that one was criminal law, crim pro. What was it? The fact that you completed the outline that helped a lot, or was it the fact that you wrote it on your laptop, or a mix of both? The fact that I completed it, um, I, I would first try and write it on paper. From years past, I would try and write it down on paper, and then copy that to my laptop. This time I just did it on the laptop right off the bat. Um, I've never had a laptop failure on the bar exam, and everybody always warns against that. Well, what happens if your laptop fails? You don't have your outline, and uh, it's not you know it's not someplace where you can use it. Uh, but I decided to roll the dice, and you know it wasn't that big of a risk because I've again I've never had a failure. Um, knocking on wood, but it wouldn't happen again. And um, so I outlined completely on the laptop, and I finished my outline, and I made sure that I'd gone through all the facts and all the all the fact pattern and um, gotten all the issues I wanted to get, and um, um, and then and then after I had completed it, then I started writing, and that was something I hadn't done before. Seems obvious, but you know, but I hadn't done it. Okay, awesome. And uh, what's your fifth fifth thing? Um, I decided to. Um, um, well, this is something that I was taught very recently um, to to start really strong um, on the first page. Um, because the grader is going to look at the first page and they're going to get an overall impression of your essay based on that. And then that overall impression will carry on through the rest of the essay as they're reading it. Um, so I um, focused on, um, on on being very comprehensive and complete in my analysis on the first page of the first issue. And then I um, kind of went into um, automatic mode for the rest of it. Um, and then about with about 10 minutes to go, I uh, I slowed down and I went back and I reviewed everything I had written, made sure I'd completed every issue, completed every analysis, I come to a conclusion, uh, did my spell check and everything else, and um, and basically closed up properly to make sure I had a good finish. Um, so I um, it, that was a logical um, a logical way to proceed through the uh, through the fact pattern that I. Uh, that I hadn't employed before, and uh, it helped me. It helped me stay organized and keep track of time. And um, 
I think it uh, I think it presented a better uh, picture of, of of what I was writing to the to the greater. At least I hope it did. Um, I hope my writing improved on this thing, and and it wasn't just a, a you know MBE score of 180 that got me by. <laughs> but uh, but that was it. And I also and I also continued to focus throughout on my MBEs. I never let them I never let them slide. I I, I kept uh, I kept up on those, even though I have a historically high MBE score uh, relative to you know everyone who gets their MBE score back. Um, uh, I I made sure I kept up on those, maintained my skills out there. Okay, nice. So you didn't. Sometimes when people they fail the first time, the second time they'll come through. They'll they'll say, "Oh, well, I I passed the MBEs, but I failed the essay, so I'm only going to do the essays, or vice versa." So you you're saying to keep keep up with both of them. Don't just let one hang and go for the other one. Right, and and I always thought that was a little um, risky, um, and that's one reason I didn't. I never skipped an exam. I didn't want to let uh, my uh, my skills on anything. Um, um, Diminish. I wanted to maintain that uh, the, the the good performance that I had always had, and over the years, my my MBE score has gradually gone from I think a low of 123. The first time it was 128, then it was 123, and then it gradually went up and up and up. In February 40 and February 2012, I got a 149 and uh, raw MBE score, and um, yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised. And I say this with all humility, if that's all possible, that I. I wouldn't be surprised if my MBE score was closer to 160 this time than it was 150 because I felt like they were very easy, um, which is, you know, I, I felt that way before and I hadn't gotten negative a score. So, you know, I could be wrong, but um, I feel like I improved on those. So even if I hadn't, even if I didn't improve dramatically on my um, essays and my PTs, um, I feel like I maintained my MBE score. Um, and you know, if I if I improved that, then uh, that might have you know, the, well, obviously the combined uh, the combined scores were enough to pass. I don't know what they were, but um, but I still wanted to maintain my MBE skills. Mm, I got you, uh, Brian. Did you ever take a bar prep program at some point? Yeah, you know, I've <laughs> I've taken a number of them. Right out of law school, I um, I uh, I was the Barbie rep for our school uh, for my class, and so I sat through Barbie's lectures. Um, and I've taken a number of them over the years, and I don't, you know, I could, I could recall a few of them, but um, um, I never, I never felt like I got that much out of them because the um, the um, the tutors or the, the people who ran the programs, um, I found that they typically just stood in front of the class, in front of their their the class they were teaching, and uh, most of them lectured from an outline. Um, some of them didn't even take questions; um, they just it was basically a rehash of what we had in law school, uh, a professor up there, you know, teaching the law. And, um, and we all had a pretty good grasp of the law at that time. And, and, and I was, I would go to the, the, the classes and, um, and sit there and, and wonder what I was doing there and what I was learning because I knew everything they were, they were saying. Um, you know, I can follow through on my outline and, and read and, and, um, it was like, you know, kind of, well, duh, that's kind of obvious. You know, a burglary is still a burglary and a murder is still a murder and homicide is, uh, you know, what it is and manslaughter and whatnot. Um, and I didn't get that much, I didn't, there wasn't that much value added um, to most of them um, over the years until until recently. Did, did the time that you passed the bar exam, which by the way was this uh, past summer, so again, congratulations, did you, did you do any bar prep or, um, specifically for that time as well or no 
Yeah, you know, I um, to to name names, I used Jason Tolerico's program. I, I used him primarily at uh, well, I started in the, uh, for the for the February 2012 exam, and I studied a lot um, starting in December all the way through the exam on that one. And I and I felt like I rebuilt my foundation, uh, the fa same foundation I had back in law school when I got out of law school um, of the material. And then after uh, after I failed February 2012. I um, I didn't work so much on memorizing. I worked more on um, on, on my writing, and um, well, in fact, I didn't work nearly as hard as I had before. I uh, tried to get more more work work done, more paying work done, and um, uh, but yeah, I used uh, I used um, a tutor for uh, the whole last year, and um, I think he was uh, instrumental in, uh, in in my passing because of his philosophy and his attitude and. Um, and the way his he, he he taught how to approach these things and, and to uh, you know break them down and attack them and, and be comfortable with them. You mentioned something too. You just said you worked more on your writing, not your memorizing. What, can you clarify more on that too? Yeah, you know, I I'm sure everybody knows. You know, you you go through an outline um, for the hundredth time, and and it's deja vu all over again. I mean, it's. It, it's an outline, and uh, it's what we learned in law school. And you can only get so much out of out of it um, uh, through repetition. Um, I mean, yeah, it helps to refresh the rules in your brain for each bar exam, but um, but there's only so much time. There's only so much benefit you can get from that. Um, I mean, after a while, the rules just you know pop into your head. Um, so I after after going through a few outlines. This time, I realized that I was wasting my time, uh, or at least it wasn't the best use of my time. Uh, so I, I started. That's when I started to look at the uh, the released answers and and uh, a properly constructed passing answer. And I think that uh, um, I think that was that was where I was really trying to figure out what the heck it was I was doing wrong, and uh, why my really nice IRAC um, answers were not getting good scores. And uh, you know, trying to compare the two and figure out, you know, what a passing answer looked like. Um, so I was working on my on my writing, trying to trying to uh, uh, modify my writing style to um, to match the the passing answers. Wonderful, that is a wonderful tip. Um, so yeah, so the five that I have here. So again, kind of improving the writing, looking at the model answers was the first one. Uh, studying the MBE topics first was the second one. Focusing on where you can improve was the third one. Um, fourth one was completing your outline and, if, if necessary, doing that on your laptop. And then fifth was really giving a good impression to that grader on that, that first page. So and I think you're right. They, they do form a snap judgment based on what they see on that first page and how they're going to grade yeah, it. And I, and I tried to carry that over to the performance exams, too, because I'd, I'd always felt like I had done you know decently on those, but I never really got... You know, I got the occasional 65, but mostly it was 60s and 55s on those. And and this time I kind of carried over my my, my damn the torpedoes full speed ahead, you know, kind of casual attitude on the on the on the PTs as well. And um, prior to this exam, I had I had a bad habit of copying a lot of the material from the library into my answer, uh, which wasted a lot of time. This time I didn't do that, and I just uh, worked more on including analysis uh, and. Um, and then I also attacked the library first instead of uh, 
instead of the file. Um, and I think that might have helped me as well. Very good. Awesome. Great tips. Do you have any anything else, any other bonus things you would want to mention to help bar students pass the bar exam? Um, I would just say that um, everyone who graduates law school knows enough law to, to pass the bar exam. Um, and um, I think the stress of the situation causes people to um, kind of get out of their um, comfort zone. And um, I know that I was, um, I don't know if you remember those old football games, uh, those little toy games where you uh, put all these little men on a table and you turn it on and it vibrates and they kind of move around and then one guy touches another, it's like, oh, I got you. Um, I felt like my, my brain was kind of that way when I sat for the bar exam. I would, I would the stress level would ramp up and, and I would uh, lose focus and I would be unable to uh, uh, write like I felt like I could write or I wrote when I practiced. So, you know, calming down, having the confidence level to, to know that you can pass this thing and, um, and not worrying so much about um, uh, what the grader is going to um, uh, think of it, um, but just writing comfortably, writing like you know um, you know what you're talking about. And I go, keep going back to that blurb on the front of the essay packet. It says, you know, they're looking for lawyer-like analysis. And um, so talk like a lawyer and uh, write like you're comfortable with the material. I, and I think, that's, I think that's a big key. Awesome. Fantastic. I love it. Uh, well, thank you so much, Brian, for coming on. I, oh, and I didn't ask you this. Your Grand Puba, where did Grand Puba come from? Uh, well, when I was a kid, and I was a real little kid, um, we used to um, play with you know cars and trucks in the backyard and in the dirt, and, and we would always have uh, names of the characters that died frequently, and, and they all had the last name of Poobah. And uh, so and then so there was Janie Poobah and Billy Poobah and whatnot, and, um, and then... When I was thinking about a name for the blog, I uh, I was thinking you know, to I had to you know incorporate some kind of casual uh, name in there that uh, that I could use and um, and then back to the Fred Flintstone cartoons when he was the Grand Poobah um, and the leader of their lodge, um, I just seemed it just seemed like a uh, an easy an easy pick an easy name and um, you know not not pretentious and and uh, kind of um, self-deprecating, if you will, and uh, um, even though it's, it implies grand poobahness, but <laughs> but I was kind of making fun of myself, and, uh, and but it, it works, it, it works. Works for, for your own style, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay, so, and if, if people want to, like, get in touch with you, or what's your blog site, website name, and it's got kind of a funny URL. Yeah, it's, um, again, it was started back in 2007. Um, it's California, uh, GBX 0707 at blogspot.com, California GBX 0707 at blogspot.com. Okay. And I'll have a link to that in the website as well. Um, so yeah, my email address is on there somewhere. So anybody can send me an email. Okay. So yeah, if anybody has a question or wants some advice from you, you will, I'll, I'll find the email and I'll put it on the, on the website as well. Uh, well, Thank you so much, Brian, for coming on. I really appreciate it. You're quite, well, you're quite welcome, Dustin. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Sure, and uh, we'll talk to you again at some point. Very good. All right, and there you have it, the grand pooba of the bar exam giving his uh, more than five tips to go from repeater to passer on the bar exam. If you want to visit his blog, it's got kind of a funny URL. You heard him say it. Um, also, you can just go to ipassedmybarexam.com forward slash grandpooba, G-R-A-N-D-P-O-O-B-A-H, and you can take a look at his blog. Also, his email is b as in boy 
L as in laughter, L as in laughter, Y as in young, Puba at gmail.com. So head on over to the site to see some of the advice he has or send him an email if you want to ask him some questions about the bar. All right, and don't forget to sign up for my newsletter at ipassedmybarexam.com and get your 12 keys to bar exam success. Go ahead and do that now, and I will send you the 12 keys to bar exam success and also quick tips about the bar exam throughout your bar exam prep. So get out there and crush it this week. Go do a great job, and in time, your name too will appear on the pass list. Take care.